0: Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Monday morning wake up call on Sports Country Radio. We're back. Vacation is over. We are uh, happy to be back with you here. And uh, thank you for spending some time with us this morning. We got a lot to get to, as you might imagine. Um, let's start off with uh, some breaking news that came up this morning as we were just. Uh, I was just getting up, getting ready for the show, and the news is out of Tokyo that uh, a member, an alternate member of the U.S. Olympic team, uh, gymnastics team, has tested positive for Um, COVID-19. Don't know yet how this affects um, anybody else on the team? The alternate and one other alternate have been uh, quarantined uh, away from the rest of the team. Simone Biles was not in contact with them, so as of right now, it does not appear that uh, it will affect the team. However, you know we have to remember that uh, the Japanese are in control here, and you know this just kind of highlights where everybody said these Olympics maybe shouldn't go on. You know, that we were running a risk going to a country where the vaccination, it's not even the fact that we have the the coronavirus still very active in this country. You know, everybody wants to think about, you know, this thing is over. And cases are rising in every single state of the union. Every one. You know, so and, and unfortunately that the people that are getting sick by and large, are the unvaccinated. There are, have been some cases of breakthrough cases of people that have been vaccinated getting it. But you know what? Those people that get it, A, two things. A, the case is very mild. And B, uh, you can't transmit it. But most of the people getting sick haven't been vaccinated. And it's happening everywhere around this country. So th- this shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, one other news that came out from the Olympics yesterday, Coco Goff, who was supposed to represent the United States on the, the Olympic tennis team, Has tested positive. She is not going. She has withdrawn from the Olympics. Look, you know, we're going to continue to see this as the Olympics go on. We're going to hear about positive cases. People having to drop out. Let's hope nobody is really sick. I hope this girl who's the alternate uh, isn't ill. Um, But, you know, you're bringing a lot of people together in close proximity that maybe normally wouldn't be. And there are going to still be unvaccinated people there. And it's... The, he, this is the risk that you run. Uh, just in the capital yesterday, there were 727 new cases in, in Japan. Just in Tokyo alone, 727. 30th straight day that the cases were higher than the previous week. The previous Monday, by the way, it was 502, so up to 727 in a week. You know, So look, uh, get used to it. You know, th- this is going to be the the coronavirus Olympics, and it's going to be first and foremost in everybody's mind. You know, and, and uh, look, you know, there have been a couple of uh, Olympic team uh, basketball members that have had to pull out because of it. It's not the last we've heard of it. So unfortunate, but, uh, you know, I guess the good news is if you want to find a silver lining is that none of the uh, top six seem to be affected by this, and everybody should be good to go. But uh, it's breaking news. It was it was just going on this morning, so we'll find out more as the day goes along, and I'm sure tomorrow on the show we'll have a little bit more uh, to talk about that. Uh, let's see. what Oh, other just horrific news this weekend, and I'm sure that, you know, if you were tuned into the sports world at all on Saturday night when the news came down about the shooting that went down outside of Nationals Washington National Stadium that, that to, to, to the point where they had to suspend the game in the sixth inning uh, you know I think four people were shot outside the stadium you could hear the gunshots as the uh, uh, the TV was getting ready to go to commercial as they're showing the pitcher walking to the dugout you could hear in the background the shots going off. You know, and uh, they had to make an announcement on the PA. They were telling people not to leave the stadium. Uh, f- players were going up into the stands and getting their families and bringing them into the clubhouse. Fernando Tatis Jr. actually opened up the dugout, was bringing fans into the San Diego Padres dugout. And as he said, you know, w- a- in a situation like that, it's no longer just fans and players. It's human beings, you know. Um but scary. And I, I, I don't know whether I should be surprised, happy, whatever, that we haven't had something like this sooner with, you know, with all the gun violence we have going on in this country. And it just continues to get worse and worse and worse. I I mean, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised, but boy, that was just, it was scary. You know, you're not expecting to be watching a baseball game and hearing shots going off. Um, so, uh, they had to suspend the game. They finished it yesterday, part of a doubleheader. We'll we'll get into a little bit about that later. But uh, just oh my god, uh, you know j- you look at some of the stuff that we're hearing over the weekend. You're like, boy, uh, a rough weekend. Um, but we had a few things that went on while we were gone for the week. By the way, I had a a nice vacation. My stepson Joe's here from uh, North Carolina, and uh, so we had a we've had a nice visit, and uh, he is going back to North Carolina tomorrow. But uh, we will be here all week with the exception of Thursday. I've got some moving stuff i got to do on Thursday. We have uh, get ready to move the studio down south. So uh, we've got some stuff to do uh, in the meantime. So we won't be here on Thursday, but we'll be here the rest of the week. Uh, the All-Star Game. I know it was last Tuesday. It seems like a lifetime ago with all the stuff that has gone on in Major League Baseball and the sports world over the last week. But the All-Star Game, entertaining. But there was some interesting comments made over the weekend um, by Rob Manfred, and talking about the All Star Game and the number of people that chose not to go to the All Star Game, and, and some of the issues that um, suspect, I guess, might be the word. I mean, for instance, Mookie Betts saying that he was too injured to play, yet he's, you know, he he was hitting the ball well before the All Star Game, and then right after the All Star Game, he's going off and you know, a home run, a, a couple of doubles in the first game back from the All-Star game, and you're like, yeah, okay, you weren't hurt, you wanted a rest. You know, all the members of the Houston Astros suddenly decided they're not going to go to the All-Star game. Why? You know why, because they didn't want to get booed. Uh, you know, we had several instances where the the reasons just didn't seem kosher, and there are ways in the collective bargaining agreement that guys can get out of it, and I don't think it's ever been widely enforced And I think you run a risk here of trying to police it too much and saying if you're voted in, you have to go and you have to play Um, because what happens if they do that and somebody actually does get it? For instance, Jacob deGrom chose not to go to the All-Star game, said he wanted some time with his family. He had been dealing with a couple of issues. I mean, throughout the year, he had been on the injured list a couple of times and has had several things. So he decides not to go. Well, hey, guess what? It was probably smart. He comes back from the All-Star break, gets into a game. What happens? He gets hurt. He's now on the injured list. So, obviously, you have no issue with him. Guys that have legitimate injuries you have no issue with. But when you looked at the All-Star roster and the All-Star game and you looked at some of the people that were there and you said to yourself, you know, how the hell is this guy in the All Star game? He had, you know, they have no business being there. Now, for instance, I'll get Mike Zanino. Now, you know, look, he's on a very good Tampa Bay Ray team, but Mike Zanino was hitting one ninety five. Now, how embarrassing is it that you are in a major league baseball all star game. The game is on television. And God you know, good for Mike Zanino. He hit a home run in the All Star game, so it makes him you know, it makes it look okay, I guess. But when you're getting up to bat and TV is out there and they flash your stats up on the screen and you're going, he's hitting one ninety five. And you're saying to yourself, how in the hell is this guy an all star? Right. You know, there were several guys that were selected to go as alternates because of so many people pulling out. And you're like, you know, they didn't really belong there. You know, which is why a lot of times when people will talk about, you know, uh, Hall of Fame credentials and they'll talk about uh, you know well this guy was a you know a, you know five time all-star you know, I, t- look the all-star i love the all-star game and we, we've talked about that i think it's great it's one of the it's the only all-star game that i actually watch of all the major sports but you can't use that as any kind of a yardstick because now mike zanino is going to go down uh, on his baseball card or in his uh, resume for you know that he was an all-star in 2021 mike zanino you know, was an all-star by default, you know. Now, it also (laughs) helps that he plays in a position where there are damn few uh, all-stars per se. But when you look at Mike Zanino and you look at his offensive numbers and outside of the home runs and, you know, the fact that he is hitting home runs this year, I'll give him that, but he's hitting 195. Christian Vasquez of the Boston Red Sox is at least hitting 260, you know, he could have been a better representative. Just the fact that because Zanino's got 19 home runs, well, good for him. But he's on base percentage is under 300, and you know, he's hitting 195. That's kind of so. It's not a good look for MLB. So they do have to look into that. I do believe. Um, so, you know, we'll see. The other thing that came out of the All Star game, things that I was glad to hear, uh, Rob Manfred, when he was talking about going forward into next year, that it was unlikely that the seven-inning doubleheaders will continue. Thank Jesus. Uh, he also said that he does not believe that the tiebreaker thing, the extra runner or the uh, the free runner starting at second base in extra innings is going to continue. Now, this is an interesting one to me. Um, it definitely has speeded up games at the end. You know, we're not having 16, 17, 18-inning games by and large because of that. However... The players and the managers seem to like it, and I think it's because they don't have to kill their pitching staffs, but they seem to like it, but fans hate it. So uh, this is going to be interesting to see if that indeed does go away. I, I would rather come up with a uh, alternative to this, by the way. Uh, you know, And some of the reason that they're doing it, and, and some of the players are complaining, like, for instance, the relief pitchers that are getting tagged with blown saves, uh etc because there's a runner starting on second base if that runner scores you know uh, you could get you know you come in the bottom of the inning and and they tie it up you get called, charged with a blown save even though you had nothing to do with that runner getting on second base the compromise to me is how about instead of just doing away with it and I'm you know me I'm a baseball purist I I'm not going to complain if it goes away but if you want to keep it because managers like it how about instead of doing it starting in the 10th inning how about if you start doing it in the 11th or 12th inning? Give teams a couple of innings of extra, you know, of of extra baseball to try to settle it the old-fashioned way before you use the nuclear option, which is to start that runner on second base. Just a thought. You know, we'll see uh, what happens. But I was at least pleased to hear that they're not going to try uh, to shove that down our throats uh, on a continued basis, especially the seven inning doubleheaders i cannot begin to tell you how much i hate that uh, it's just it's not ba- it's not professional baseball that's what they do in college that's what they do in high school you don't do that in the pros you know and you can say well we were you know and i i'll give you okay we did it in you know that 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 covid year uh, to try to save pitching staffs or whatever, but even then, that was just an excuse of trying to shove and and experiment and see you know throw a bunch of stuff up against the wall and see what sticks. Um, so I I was kind of glad to hear that. All right, uh, so let's that's that's a lot of the uh, uh, the castoffs from All Star Weekend. I mean, the Home Run Derby. I watched exactly five minutes of it. I wish they would do away with that. Matter of fact, I. I got sent a survey. I'm on this this at-bat fans uh, thing. So anytime they, have, they want fans' opinions, I get to participate. And, you know, they asked me if there was anything I would do differently about the All-Star game. I said, yeah, do away with the Home Run Derby. I know fans love it, but the All-Star Derby is everything that is wrong with Major League Baseball right now. It's all about the home runs, you know, right, and the strikeouts. That's all baseball is these days. So, you know, having the Home Run Derby – To me, you're just feeding the beast. So I'd love to see it go away. It's never going to. I get it. Old man, get off my lawn, you know, that kind of thing. But I just, I hate it. God, I hate it. Uh, One positive thing, however, from the Home Run Derby, this is a great story. Shohei Otani, who, I'm look, I'm sick and tired of talking about Shohei Otani. But one thing that he did, because he participated in the Home Run Derby, he got $150,000 from Major League Baseball even though he got eliminated in the first round, by the way, uh, he still got $150,000. Well, instead of taking that money and putting it into his bank account, Shohei Otani took that money uh, and spread it around to the uh, the staffers for the team, not the people in the front office necessarily, but the, uh, the clubhouse attendants. Uh, you know, the traveling secretaries, the people that that work behind the scenes to get the games on and to do things. And so he took that money and distributed checks to all these other people uh, behind the scenes uh, for the Los Angeles Angels. I thought that was awesome, very classy. You know, you'd love to see that happen more often. And and, and I don't think it does. I was going to say, well, maybe it does, and maybe we just don't hear about it. But baloney, if, if it happened more often we'd know about it. So uh, Shohei Otani, uh, maybe he'll become a leader in this. Maybe we'll see other players start to do that. Because, look, you know, the, 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 some of the money these guys are making, it doesn't matter. Now, here's one a guy that it did matter to. Uh, Pete Alonzo, who won the Home Run Derby. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, he wins it again. He got a million bucks for winning the Home Run Derby. His salary this year was like $660,000. So, you know, winning that million dollars in the Home Run Derby for him was was huge. But Shohei Otani doesn't need $150,000, and spreading it around I thought was cool. So good for him. Good for him. All right, let's get to the horror show that was the weekend for the Boston Red Sox. And if you're a Yankee fan... Uh, you are celebrating today because now your team is back in it. Look, if the Red Sox had swept the Yankees this weekend, they were done. They would have been buried. And the Yankees turn around, beat the Red Sox two out of three. Um, the Rays win two out of three over the weekend from the Atlanta Braves. So now that four-and-a-half game lead that the Red Sox had back on uh, you know, July 5th, yeah, that's all gone. It's down to a half a game. It's a razor's edge. We've got ourselves a pennant race, and the Yankees are not dead. Now, Saturday the Red Sox—I mean, Friday night—the Red Sox win. Looked great. Uh, Nativaldi was spectacular um, when he pitched. Um, Erod was spectacular when he pitched. The bullpen was hideous this weekend. Hideous. Uh, yesterday, Brandon Workman and Darwinson and Hernandez took a, a game that was close and proceeded to walk the ballpark. Between the two of them, they walked five guys in an inning. I mean, it was embarrassing. Um, Saturday's game, the Yankees should be ashamed of themselves. The fact that they delayed that game for rain when, A, it wasn't raining, and, B, uh they then because they started it so late the umpires let that thing go in a driving rainstorm for 6 innings and then they call it the Yankees win the game 3 to 1 the Red Sox never i mean look they had Garrett Cole going in this game you knew with with the forecast that all Aaron Boone wanted to do was get Garrett Cole through five or six innings because there was a good chance that game wasn't going to finish. They should not have been allowed to hold that game up because that is a club decision. That is not a Major League Baseball decision. Once the game starts, it's up to the umpires. And the fact that the umpires let it go for that long, that last inning when uh, nobody could get a grip on the baseball, it was shameful. Alex Cora made a comment afterwards that he felt that they should have suspended that game and finished it either the next day as part of a doubleheader or finished it later in the season. It should not have been allowed to finish like that. That was shameful. And then to make it worse, to make it worse, right? They're already – the game's already started late. It's It's a close game. And then you have some knucklehead in the stands, throws a baseball at Alex Verdugo, and hits him in the back. Alex Verdugo loses his ever-loving mind, as he has a right to do. The game then gets paused for about another 15 minutes as Alex Cora pulls his guys off the field, and the umpires are trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, it's and it's just raining buckets the entire time. The field is a quagmire, and the umpires still let that continue. You know, I'm sorry, but that was a case where they should have just put the hands up, said we're suspending this game, and you know let's move, you know, and let let's come back when cooler heads prevail and the weather's better. And and then to top it off, the umpires were just horse crap. I mean, some of the uh, uh, things that happened, some of the the strike three calls, Jeff Nelson behind the plate. Uh, just awful and i'm not a, and i'm one of these guys that says i do not want robot umpires and i will continue to say i don't want robot umpires but what i do want is i want an umpire that if the ball is six inches outside that's a ball and you know you can say well you know uh you know it was deceiving but you, when you look at that box on the screen and i'm not saying that that box they put on the screen is 100 percent accurate because i don't always believe that it is but that the pitches were so far outside it wasn't funny. And by the way, you know, the Red Sox had the bases loaded and they struck a guy out on a pitch that was six inches outside when the Sox had an opportunity maybe to, you know, get another pitch or two and who knows what could have happened. Strike three, inning over. You know, And it wasn't just that, but it wasn't just that pitch. There were other pitches in it both ways, by the way, for both the Red Sox and the Yankees. These pitches that are consistently outside. And whether, it, whether Jeff Nelson was blinded by the rain or whether he was having a huge strike zone because he was trying to get the game to move along, when you are in a pennant race and it is a game that is that important, if you are an umpire, you can't say, well, I'm going to have a big strike zone because I want to move this game along. So that was shameful. And then yesterday was just just a disaster, but here's the bottom line, and this this is just on the Red Sox. This isn't anything about what a dumpster fire the Yankees are and that organization and the stuff that they allowed to happen this weekend. Um, but here's the here's the deal. On July fifth, all right, just two weeks ago, the Red Sox were 22 games over 500. Right, 22 games over 500, best this season. Since that time, they have an ERA, a team ERA of 5.73, and they've hit just two twenty eight, and they're scoring less than four runs a game since July 5th. So in a two-week period, the, the Red Sox have just totally blown themselves up. They are fortunate they are still in first place. So, you know, you can say whatever you want about the rest of the week and how things went. At the end of the day, the Red Sox are not playing well. And they even went, they pulled, you know, they, they pulled out Jaron Duran. They finally brought him up, and good for him. He got a hit in his first time up. And he was he had some pretty good at-bats yesterday, but he still went 0 for 4. But he showed the speed he's got, though, and he showed that he can be somebody that will make a difference. But he's, you know, if, if Red Sox fans were expecting this guy to come up and, you know, hit 400, you know, and steal 25 bases and hit 25 bombs, it, you know, look, give the kid, you know, he's, he's it's going to take him some time. The, the biggest thing the Red Sox have going for him right now—they brought up Tanner Houck, right? They bring him in, he gets a three-inning save the, uh, on Friday night. Look great. Sox are talking about a six-man rotation. Houck will be part of that. Great. Chris Sale is close. Made a re- one rehab start. He's making another one in the next couple of days. You know, we're going to see him the first week of August. Great. Here's the problem. Let's hope the Red Sox are still in it when he gets up here. I mean, they'll still be in it, but they may not. There may not be in first place. Red Sox have to go play a uh, Toronto Blue Jays team tonight that is red hot, a team that has won four in a row, a team that has scored uh, 28 runs in those four wins in a row, and is pitching well. They 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 had a uh, uh, two shutouts and a doubleheader yesterday. You know, so this is a Blue Jays team that is hot. Red Sox need a good series. They need to win this series against the Toronto Blue Jays. Nick Pavetta goes tonight. Thank God. My, my fear is Garrett Richards is pitching after that. You know, the Red Sox need a series win in the worst way. The Tampa Bay Rays get to play the Baltimore Orioles the Baltimore Orioles, who have the second-worst record in Major League Baseball. They have just 30 wins all year, and that is who the Rays get to go feast on. So by the end of this week, unless the Red Sox go up and sweep the Toronto Blue Jays, there is a better-than-average chance that the Red Sox will be out of first place for the first time in a long, long time by the middle of this week. I hope it doesn't happen, but these bats need to wake up because this was a Yankee team that had Larry, Moe, and Curley in the outfield. The starting outfield for the Yankees yesterday had a grand total of 12 career home runs, 12. And the Red Sox lost 9-1. to one. To a Yankee team that is a is is, I mean it's like a mass unit. It's crazy, and yet you can't beat a team with Ryan LaMar and a bunch of other guys you never heard of in the outfield. That's a problem. And these Rays are not going away. I, and, and you know it's one of the they're one of those teams that are just maddening. You go, how the hell are they doing this? You know with the with the catcher that's hitting one ninety seven. But they just find a way, and they are like the Red Sox. They have 28 come-from-behind wins. Red Sox have 29. I mean, uh, look, Red Sox are going to make the playoffs. The Red Sox are are, are going to be competitive the rest of the year. But, man, oh, man, you know, you beat the Yankees on Friday night, and you're 7-0 against the Yankees this year, and you look at the lineup. They're throwing out there on Saturday and Sunday, and the fact that you lost those two games is a head-scratcher. There's no other way to put it. It's thirty-three minutes past the hour. We got to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's thirty-five minutes past the hour. Welcome back uh, to the Wake Up Call. One other uh, quick thing on the uh, fan that was uh, ejected from the ballpark for throwing the ball and hitting Alex Verdugo. Uh, he has been banned from Yankee Stadium. Major League Baseball also took the step to ban him from its other twenty-nine ballparks. Uh, yeah, but look, here's the deal. I mean, that's that's a symbolic thing. I mean, I guess the only way you can ban a guy, I mean, you could I guess, you could have his name flagged so that he can never buy tickets uh, directly from a Major League Baseball website. You know, like so he couldn't go on the Yankee website and buy tickets under his name. How are you going to stop him from coming in? What are you going to have a wanted poster on the wall? You know, and every time somebody's coming in, you got to check and make sure this guy's not showing up. Uh, you know, he just somebody else buys the tickets. He's going to be able to go to ball games. I mean, it's not going to stop him. Um, but what should have happened is he should have been arrested, and he wasn't. Uh, Pete Abraham from the Boston Globe actually checked with the New York City Police Department, and there was no record of this guy being arrested. You know, but the Yankees said, well, you know, uh, we're not going to allow him in our ballpark. He should have been arrested, period. You call it what you want, assault with a deadly weapon. Well, it's not a deadly weapon, but, uh, you know, you, you can't be throwing baseballs in, in, uh, out of the stands and throwing them at players. You know, there's a, that long tradition at Wrigley Field where there's a home run hit, you throw it back on the field. You know what? Throwing it back on the field is one thing. Trying to hit a guy is completely different. You know, what if it had hit him in the head and given him a concussion or something like that? You know, I mean, you know, you're not going to kill him, I'm you know, but still, you know, you could have you could have hit give him a concussion. He could end up losing some games out of that. You know, and Alex Verdugo, by the way, is a guy that had talked about how he loved interacting with the fans at Yankee Stadium. He had kind of embraced it and he said it was part of the game. He loved it. Well, he didn't love it on Saturday. He lost his mind. You know, and I don't blame him. So, but, you know, it's just kind of a joke. I mean, you know, but he should have been arrested. Banning him from the ballpark doesn't mean a damn thing. Uh, The Red Sox are likely to activate Danny Santana today uh, for the series against the Blue Jays. Oh, goody. Why? I, You know, uh, I guess Michael Chavis will probably be the one heading back to Worcester. I, I don't know whether I'd rather have Chavis or Santana, but, well, you know, whatever. Uh, what I don't want to see is I don't want to see him in the lineup. That's what I don't want to see. Uh-huh. Although it may be that Santana may be activated and Christian Arroyo might be headed to the injured list. He played first base for the first time in his career yesterday, and what happens in the third inning? He strains a hamstring, reaching for a throw. <laughs> you know, and Arroyo's been great. You know, he came back, he had a home run on Friday night. He's been great, you know, but this is like the third or fourth time he's been hurt already, and now you're starting to maybe get a picture of why Christian Arroyo, who was a first-round draft pick, is a guy that has been unable to uh, uh, to make a splash in Major League Baseball because it's hard keeping him on the field, you know, so that's unfortunate. So maybe Santana takes his spot uh, I just don't want to see Santana in a lineup. Good Lord. Use him as a pinch runner or something. But, Jesus, don't put him in a lineup. Uh, so I talked about the Rays. They come back to beat the uh, the Atlanta Braves yesterday. Uh, they were down 3-0 after four. And, uh, you know, they come all the way back. They win it 7-5. Yandy Diaz, a four-run seventh inning. He homered during that uh, inning. And uh, they beat the Braves. Wander Franco had his third home run of the season off of Drew Smiley. Um, You know what? The Braves haven't been above five hundred all year. The Braves are in deep trouble. We already know that. Uh, The fact that they uh, lost Ronald Acuna Jr. for the season is not going to help. But it's been their pitching that's been the biggest problem, especially their bullpen. Um, uh, A.J. Minter kind of puked yesterday's game up. Uh, so that's been the problem. I mean, Smiley wasn't great, but he wasn't hideous. But uh, Minter and then uh, Jackson just were awful out of the bullpen. And, look, give the Rays credit. They just hang around, and they hang around, and they find a way. Uh, but the Braves have had to go out and get Jock Peterson. It's been a great acquisition for him. Jock Peterson, since coming to Atlanta, has hit the snot out of the ball. Had a home run in his first game with him. Had a couple of hits yesterday. They went out and made a trade for Steven Vogt. Uh, brought him over. Vote had three hits yesterday. Uh, so he did his part, but just that pitching staff is just awful. But you take a look now at the American League East. As I said, the Red Sox with just that half-a-game lead. They're still six up on Toronto, still seven up on the Yankees. But, man, you know, the trend is not good for Boston. The Red Sox have lost six of the last ten, and you look at Tampa, 1-8 of ten. Toronto's won six of ten. The Yankees have won seven of ten. Those numbers do not bode well for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, again, you know, and they, look, they could find themselves in a, in a situation if they're not careful, fighting for a wild card spot with the Oakland Athletics. I still think the Red Sox are making the playoffs, and I'm still and I'm not saying that the season's over because they lost two out of three to the Yankees this week, and we don't want to, you know, I don't want to go crazy, but they need to figure this out, and because the Rays just are, are you know, the Rays are now uh 17 games over 500. And as far as the Braves go, you know, haven't been over 500 and yet that National League East is so awful that the Braves are still just four back despite being two games under 500. I mean, it just it's unbelievable. That's become a three-horse race. The Nationals have kind of fallen out of it. Miami's really never been in it. Uh but the Philadelphia Phillies 1-7 of 10, they're making a run, but these uh, uh, these these Tampa Bay Rays just are, are pesky. So, as I said, the Rays get to play the Baltimore Orioles. Mm, great. Now, the Baltimore Orioles got a win yesterday. How about this? Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey with a win. Uh, Matt Harvey broke a uh, winless streak 12 games in a row, 12 starts in a row, where he had not won. And he comes out yesterday and throws six shutout innings. How about that? Uh, Struck out two, walk one, picks up his fourth win of the season. He's 4-10. He still has an ERA of over seven. Uh, But the bullpen does a nice job to pick up the final three innings, and uh, they shut out Kansas City yesterday. Uh, So good good for Matt Harvey, Uh, you know. But... uh, (laughs) Baltimore is thirty and sixty two going up against the Tampa Bay Rays. That's why, that's why if you're a Red Sox fan, you gotta be a little bit pessimistic about whether they're still going to be in first place uh at the uh, end of the week. Uh I mentioned the Toronto Blue Jays. What a doubleheader for them yesterday. They beat the Texas Rangers five nothing and ten nothing. Hinge and Ryu in the first one, uh, seven innings, and I again this is why I hate seven innings, you know, these doubleheaders, but seven innings shutouts, you know, three hits, struck out four, walk one, picks up his ninth win of the season. Uh, And Steven Matz, five shutout innings, three hits, struck out two, didn't walk anybody. Again, the bullpen does a good job. So the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, 14 innings yesterday, they allowed six hits and no runs. Pitcher struck out eight, walked two. Bullpen did a great job. You know, Mike fulton took one on the chin yesterday for the Texas Rangers. Inning in two-thirds, he gave up all ten runs in that game. <laughs> ten runs on eight hits and in an inning in two-thirds. He gave up four bombs. Unbelievable. Vlad Jr., number 31. George Springer kind of getting in the groove a little bit. He's got six home runs now. Uh, Randall Gritchick hit his 18th. I mean, it just was, uh, you know, guys were sprinting to the bat rack yesterday for the Toronto Blue Jays. But again, the story to me here is the pitching that they are getting. And if you're the Red Sox, you know, look, they've got Ross Stripling going tonight. And Stripling is 4-3. and three. He's got an ERA of, you know, about 4.5. Nick Pavetta has been good for Boston, but his ERA is about the same. If you are the Red Sox, you know, I guess the good news is, is you don't see Ryu in this series. Um, but. They need a good game out of Nick Pavetta tonight, and this this Blue Jays team is just hitting the crap out of the ball. I mean it's just ridiculous. They had uh what fifteen hits and fifteen runs yesterday doesn't bode <laughs> doesn't bode well for the Red Sox game time seven o'clock tonight. uh the New York Mets come back to beat the Pittsburgh Pirates yesterday, seven to six uh two runs in the ninth inning on a home run by Michael Conforto. Uh, the funniest thing in this game, Taiwan Walker goes just a third of it and he gives up six hits. I mean four hits and six runs. But walked four guys. But the funniest thing that happened in this game, first inning, right? Ball's hit down the line. Taiwan Walker goes to try to field the ball and he's gonna try to knock it out of play. Well, uh, the problem was as he touched the ball in fair territory and the umpire rules it fair. Walker and his teammates jump up and they're arguing the play, right? He starts to he turns to argue the ball as it's rolling towards the Pirates dugout. Nobody else on the Mets defense reacts to the ball being in foul territory, so the Pittsburgh Pirates runners keep moving. They all come around to score. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the ball was not dead. It was a fair ball. The umpire ruled it a fair ball, and yet the Yankee or the – I mean, the Mets players were acting as if it was a dead ball, and good for the Pirates' runners. They're smart. They end up – they keep running, and they uh, they score the runs. But the the uh, Mets get the last laugh as Conforto hits the home run off of uh, uh, Rich Rodriguez. It was his third blown save of the season, guy who was uh, just in the All-Star game, and the Mets come back to win it 7-6. So they are 48 48- And 42, Uh, the Mets begin a three-game series with Cincinnati today. Jared Eikhoff is going to uh, get the start for the Mets, and uh, the Pirates will head out to Arizona in a dumb-off. But the big news for the Mets over the weekend, Francisco Lindor on the injured list, and as I previously mentioned, uh, Jacob deGrom, who has right forearm tightness, has been... uh, put on the injured list he was actually scheduled to start yesterday they did an mri there's no structural damage but this is a guy that uh right now they're putting him together with band-aids and bailing wire just trying to keep this guy on the field and you know look if they're going to hang on to that division they're going to need him so you know we better to shut him down now for a couple of weeks uh than risk it Uh, i mentioned the padres and the nationals and uh just a uh, that horrific scene over the weekend they had to finish the uh, that game that had been suspended in the 6th inning uh San Diego ends up winning that one uh 10 to 4 and then the Nationals come back to win the second half of the doubleheader 8-7 um the Padres pretty up and down right now uh Musgrove started yesterday went 5 gave up 8 hits and 4 runs Max Scherzer wasn't great for Washington uh, but the, uh, uh, the bats got things going. Brad Hand actually ends up winning the game uh, out of the bullpen as Washington scores a run in the bottom of the ninth to win it. But you take a look. As I said, Washington is still in this thing, but just barely. They're 10 back. I don't know if you can really take them seriously. And as for the Padres, you know, they're playing 500 baseball right now. They're still 14 games over 500, but they're five back of the San Francisco Giants. You know, and this is a team that a lot of people thought was going to win the division. No, of course, nobody thought that the San Francisco Giants were going to do what they're doing. Uh, but the Padres, uh, they kind of remind you um, of the Red Sox, where you know they've been able to score and they've been able to overcome some bad pitching. But uh, recently, it's uh, it's been a rough go. Blake Snell, by the way, got to start against Washington this weekend, and he was bad again. You know, the guy that was traded from the Rays, and you start to look at what's going on with Blake Snell, and you really begin to think that the Rays knew exactly what they were doing. You know, Blake Snell had a couple of really good years, but he this looks like a guy that, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was lightning in a bottle and the and MLB's adjusted and he hasn't, but this is a guy now that's got an ERA of well over five. And at 28 years of age, you know, you're not going to say that he's done. But, man, th- this guy's got to figure it out. And he's just, uh, uh, you know, not throwing a high percentage of strikes. He's fallen behind in the counts and not able to go deep into games. If you get five innings out of him, you're lucky. So Padres still in it, obviously, but uh, they've got to figure this, uh, the, the whole pitching thing out because their starters have been getting battered around on a regular basis. It's 49 minutes past the hour. we got to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. It is 52 minutes past the hour. Not too much time left this morning. A cloudy day here in the Northeast. God, I'm sick of the rain. I'll tell you what, we've had steamy temperatures. But, boy, the amount of rain that we have had in the last uh, week, week and a half has been brutal. Uh, the Chicago White Sox yesterday blanked the Houston Astros 4-0. Uh, Carlos Rodon was uh, unbelievable. One hit through seven innings. Johan Mancata with a home run yesterday. Uh, Tim Anderson hit a home run yesterday. For Mancata, it was his sixth. Anderson, his eighth. Uh, but Rodon, 10 strikeouts and one hit over seven innings. And then Michael Kopek and Liam Hendricks finished things up. Uh, Framber Valdez. Takes the loss for the Astros. He falls to 5-2 and two on the season. But, man, I'll tell you what. The White Sox, you know, they got a three-hitter from Lucas Giolito on Saturday. And then you have Rodon following this thing up. And the White Sox are beginning to look more and more like that dominant team. Everybody thought they were going to be 20 games over five hundred right now. Uh, they have the best record uh, in the American League by percentage. They have 56 wins, as do the Astros and the Red Sox, but the White Sox have only lost 36 games. They've won 7 of 10. Their lead now in the American League Central up to eight games. Cleveland's doing their best trying to hang in there. Uh, they beat the Athletics yesterday, which was no small feat. Uh, they beat the Athletics yesterday 4-2. to two. Oakland is now three and a half back of Houston. Houston's dropped their last two but again you know that's going to be that's a two-horse race I mean Seattle I still am not a believer in the Seattle Mariners I know they're 50 and 44 I still think it's smoke and mirrors Uh, but uh, uh, Cleveland's trying to hang in there but this White Sox team I mean it's it's frightening Uh, and they just inked Lance Lynn they're uh uh, their ace this year, nine and three with a one nine nine ERA, just got a two year thirty eight million dollar contract extension. Uh, he is going to throw game number one against the Minnesota Twins. They have a doubleheader against the Twins today. Uh, Jose Barrios and Griffin Jacks are going to start for Minnesota. Lynn will start one of the games. Tony La Russa hadn't decided uh, who the game two starter was going to be yet. Uh, the Minnesota Twins, man, I'll tell you what—talk about taking on water. They've lost three in a row. They to the Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers, AJ Hinch doing a hell of a job with a very bad Detroit team. They've now won three straight. They're forty-three and fifty-one. I mean, look, they're eight games under five hundred. Let's not get carried away about how excited. But this is a team that nobody expected anything out. I think most people thought that they would be the last place team in the AL Central, and I think A.J. Hinch has done a great, great job with them. Uh, as far as the Astros go, uh, they take on the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Zach Greinke is going to pitch for the Astros today. J.C. Mejia, he of the 1-4 record and a 7.5 ERA will take the mound uh, for the Indians in that one. Um, the uh, British Open yesterday, Colin Morikawa picks up uh, his second Major win of his career, of his young career. I mean, the kid, uh, 24 years old, and you've already got two wins. It wasn't, uh, not a lot of drama yesterday. Uh, Jordan Spieth tried to hang in there, uh, but Spieth had a bad Saturday. He tried to overcome that, couldn't do it. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen proves that uh, he's got uh, some problems trying to finish tournaments. You know, I mean, this has, uh, you know, become a bit of a uh, a trend for him. I mean, this was a guy that looked like he was just going to run away and hide, but he was, uh, you know, the leader after three and just imploded on the last day. Couldn't find the fairway, and he couldn't make putts. And uh, so Colin Murakawa, good for him, uh, picks up the win over in Sandwich, England. Uh, Shohei Otani is going to get the start for the uh, Angels today. They begin a six-game road trip in Oakland. Otani. Uh, hit his 34th home run, even though they lost to Seattle yesterday. But he takes the mound today, 4-1 and with a three-four-nine ERA. So everybody will be looking forward to that. Uh, again, look, the guy's a special talent, but enough, enough. You know, I mean, I, I get it. He's good. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from Jamie Johnson and Bill Anderson. Bill Anderson uh, just celebrated his 60th anniversary on the Grand Ole Opry this weekend. The guy is uh, 83 years old. He's been a guest on my show. Uh, What a gentleman, a great entertainer. He was on the Grand Ole Opry celebrating that anniversary on Saturday, and that was a lot of fun to see. So here's a song that he did with Jamie Johnson a few years ago. It's called The Guitar Song. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.